In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. Darkness has descended upon the city, and the creatures of the night have begun to stir. This is the time when the veil between the realms of the living and the dead is the thinnest, and all that is is not what it appears to be. Like a lone sentinel, one candle flickers in the night, revealing all that lurks in the darkness. This is Ghost Chronicles, Book of Shadows. Welcome to the Nightmare. Cabernet, please. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I'm not in a cellar. It's my family room in my basement. Jeez, it sounds like I'm chained down here. <laughs> oh, I could only hope. <laughs> funny, funny, funny. Yeah, I know. Well, it's that time of the year. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation right here on Tojinet. Pararex, Ghost Channel, and beyond, if it's all connected, that is. <laughs> so anyways, hey, I came across this article, and, and as soon as I did, I, you know, I naturally thought of you, so I just had to bring it up for the show. Mm-hmm. You ever hear of Keisha? Ke- yeah. With the one with the dollar sign? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's awful, yeah. Well, Sorry. anyways, according to this uh, newspaper article... Kesha. Whatever. Kesha, Kesha, Husha, whatever. Mm-hmm. Kesha, is that right? Kesha. Okay. According to this, whoever she is, article, uh, Kesha recently claimed that she had sex with a ghost before writing her latest single, <laughs> arousing something from paranormal experts' skepticism. The pop singer revealed to Ryan Seacrest that he ripped. Randy Romp with a male ghost help give birth to her new song, <laughs> Supernatural. Mm, interesting. It's all about 
about experiences with the supernatural, but in a sexy way, she told Seacrest. I've had a couple of experiences with the supernatural. Oh, really? Mm. I don't know his name, and he is a ghost, and I'm very open to it. There's more to this article, and I'll have to post this up on our page. Okay. Uh, mm. Why did you think of me? I don't have sex with ghosts. I hope not. <laughs> did you poke stick? Did you poke Tom with the stick lately? Uh, you make sure he's alive. <laughs> yeah, I no, know. I mean, yeah. Well. No, I meant I didn't mean it you and personally. I meant you and I for the show. My oh, God. Okay. All right. You take good. everything the wrong way. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, how I'm, could I not? Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to go post this on our page, which is what, Ann? Uh, we're on Facebook at Ghost Chronicles-Next Generation. Hop on there and like us. And uh, if you want to ask us questions on there, I'm on there all night. And they can do go. that, right? Yes, they can. If you're chat room shy, yeah. feel free. Help yourself. Okay, there it is. Right, I, just, I just posted that baby right up there. Oh, okay. Well, I better refresh it. So oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me, let me get, I forgot to put the post button. Oops. <laughs> You're so technologically challenged. Are you kidding me? I am. <laughs> Lucky I can get up in the morning, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Thank God for St. John. Same at my age, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, older than dirt, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But anyways, um, we're kind of bummed out because you and I were supposed to walk in the mm. Salem Witches Parade tomorrow, and it looks like it's not going to happen. Yeah. Stupid yeah. weather. Yeah, Stupid that, convertible. Yeah, that's the so shame. So there. There you go. That's the shame. Yeah, we're really looking want, forward to that. <laughs> I do want to mention a couple of uh, great events that we do have coming up on March. Uh, well, I have coming up on March Twelfth, uh, no, March thirteenth. I will be at the Inn Magnolia in Gloucester. And have you been there? I have not. I need to get oh, there. You definitely do. And we're doing a Victorian Secret Garden seance, and this is kind of cool because it's going to be a Victorian tea, and then we're all going to uh, go to the hundred-year-old yeah. uh, uh, rhododendron and. Mm-hmm collect underneath it because because it's all secret. I have a phone call coming in. It's Leslie. Awesome. Yeah, wonderful. It's <laughs> on my line. So, and then we're going to do this this uh, uh, seance. So it's going to be kind of neat. It's all under this beautiful rhododendron thing. So it is like it must be like a huge. Is it is it like as big as a house? This rhododendron. Yeah, it's huge. It's huge. Yeah. It's all hollow inside, and you're going to have like chairs in there and everything. It's going to be awesome. Neat. That's yeah, very, it really is. Yeah, if well, it's that me. old, I mean, it has to be. Humongous. Yeah, well, it's just about as old as I am, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. yeah, I know what go. you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. So <laughs> we're doing that on the, on the uh, 13th, and then, of course, you and I and our good friend Kelly Spangler yes. and the rest the rest of the NEGP uh, will be doing spectral evidence in Salem on the 20th at the Haunted Hawthorne Hotel. And this is your first, so I'm, I'm yes. excited. Yep. I'm very excited. I can't wait Hopefully to go. Hopefully you, you'll provide me the material I need. Yeah, I'm sure I will. <laughs> Anyways, and then... Do you what? know, I've never been to Salem, okay? I've lived in yeah. Massachusetts my entire life. I've never been to Salem at Halloween time, ever. It's crazy. I wouldn't go there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't wait to experience it, so yeah. I'm yeah. looking forward to that. 
Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> and then on the 27th, we got something that's really, really cool, and I, I guess this is actually going to be part of it. Uh, it is called the Gothic Night of the Living Shadows, and basically it's a, it's a, a, I don't know, it's a, quite the event. It mixes magic and the paranormal, and it, it basically we take you on a journey to find out the identity of Jack, Jack the Ripper through Victorian times, and uh, mm. uh, it ends up with a Harry Houdini seance, and uh, yeah, with the fact we have a Harry Houdini artifact along with it as well. So That's awesome. We have a question from the chat room. Already? Because, well, John thought that that event that you said was in March, um, they're yeah. asking, isn't it October 13th? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you said March. Oh, here's what I say. Nobody listens to me. All right. <laughs> it's all October. Back. We're talking all October here. Okay. Well, you said March. Whatever. So anyways, on the 20th, right, you go to our so website, which is www.neghostproject.com. The letter N, the letter E, ghostproject.com. They're all listed on there. Uh, if they're not, they will be. And we have Dining the Dead uh, at the Wyndham Restaurant, the 24th, I think it is, which is kind of cool, too. That's going to be Ouija board collections. And then we're oh, going to end up cool. tonight. Yeah, then we're going to end up doing a, uh, a live Ouija board session to contact the spirits there as well. And then November 3rd, I'm off to the Hooten Mansion again uh, for another event out there with uh, Josh Mantello, which is sold out. And, yeah, of course, that's, that's November 6th, I'm at uh, Northern Essex Community College doing a lecture. And then on the 30th, I am at uh, Middlesex College in... Um, Bedford doing an event there. So I got a stupid schedule. That's you are usual. very busy. Yeah, busy that's, not even, that's not even going to happen. Of course, Friday I'm going to do an investigation on a spark plug lighthouse. So that's totally cool. Excellent. Mm. That'll be really, really cool. So our poor guest, I, I just noticed the time, and he's been sitting here for 10 minutes. So uh, I, think, I think we better bring him on, before, at least if he wants to talk to us anymore after that. I can't believe we left him on here for 10 minutes. Just shoot me, will you? Rich, you there? I forgot I was on the phone. I was just enjoying the chat. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm so sorry about that. Ann and I just, I blame Ann because, you know, she yeah. just, you know. Fine. Everybody Whatever. does. Why not? She's a she's a woman, so uh, uh, I need, uh, 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 I yes, need not I say can. anymore. It's my so, favorite sex. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> uh, well, have it's you ever Ron tried? Too, and he won't admit it. So. Have you ever tried? Yeah. Never mind. Um, moving right along. <laughs> um, we are with uh, Rich Lavengood. Is that the? I'm saying that right? I pronounce it the long A, Lavengood, but most of the world says Lavengood. Living good. Is it French or something? German. Uh, Swiss uh, German. It, it was actually low and good when it came across, but that was O with an umlaut and all that stuff. It was too hard to handle, so it got. There's uh -huh. living good, living good, and loving goods all over the country. Oh, I like loving good, you know? Loving good um, is good. Yeah. Yeah, good. I might change my name to that. They're <laughs> common in the South, but not so much yeah, here. Really? Yeah. Maybe I should change my name, Ann. What do you think? Loving good. <laughs> Run, loving good. Anyway. Yeah, that'll do it. That'll do it. Yeah, that's what I figured. <laughs> Anyways, um, Rich knows quite a bit. Uh, first of all, he is uh, has performed many times a lot of Houdini's uh, escaped uh, tricks. Tr 
tricks. I don't know if you want to call it. I, is it a trick? I think they're tricks, but... Uh, what would what, what, you call it? I mean... They're what, escapes. What, escapes. They're just escapes. Is there a word called escapes as a, as a noun? Yeah. Oh, a verb? A yeah. verb. Yeah, escape verb. Machine. You do an escape. Escape. Okay. Yeah. So anyways, Rich does... has done... Um, Houdini's, many of Houdini's escapes, and he also dabbles in magician-nary stuff. <laughs> you are challenging Ron's vocabulary this evening. It's <laughs> kind of spinning my head around. Yeah, well, <laughs> Actually, Houdini invented the term escape artist. Before that, they were called self-liberators. And, Ooh, uh, self-liberators. I love that one. Yeah, That's that was me. what they called themselves for a few hundred years before Houdini came along. Ah. And part of calling themselves escape artists is that before Houdini, they were not interested in the art form. Oh. It was a self-liberation thing, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And Houdini raised it to an art form. That's awesome. Really? So, so probably prior to that, it was more why, like Wait a minute. Why is it an art form? I don't, I don't get that. I mean, uh, an art form. Houdini got up and performed in front of people and moved them emotionally. Oh. Just as a fine painting can or a nice play or whatever. Ariane does on the ear. <laughs> okay, yeah. So that's an art form. I understand now. And, oh, okay. and uh, there you go. The, the, those before had been self-liberating. They were, they were liberating themselves and they were getting off on it. But it was never raised to the level that Houdini had done. Who he did? Did so. I mean, these escape. This is. I mean, this is pretty fascinating to me. I mean, he would go and virtually take his life in his hand for what? Fame. Fame and fortune. And fortune. Fortune came later. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he uh, he really loved magic. He was, unfortunately, not a great magician. I, I read that. Yeah. I, I thought that was and, a riot. I never knew that. But when he came upon escapes, all of a sudden, everything he had done all his life was coming together. Mm -hmm. uh, he was a, a, an acrobat as, as a teenager. He, was, he, he could tightrope walk. He uh, was very uh, flexible and nimble and, and could do all sorts of things. With his magical things, he had developed a lot of manipulative skills that when he got to escape, suddenly all of these things he'd been accumulating all of his life, bingo, they're here. And he had wow. it all. Wow. And he was also one of the greatest promotionists ever. Mm -hmm. And uh, he promoted himself and uh, branded himself and uh, was just spectacular. So do you think he was perhaps the 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 greatest escape artist of all time? Okay, that's a fascinating question. Uh, <laughs> name two other escape artists that might challenge them. Chris Cross, or whatever his name is. <laughs> you don't even know his name. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's my point. <laughs> no, the, the show that we did called Houdini Lives Again, and, and so I've got a very strong personal bias on this. Um, our show... The purpose of our show was to try to recreate in our audience's minds and feelings the sensations that their grandparents felt when they went to see Houdini. 
You went to a show that was three or four hours long. There was a 25-piece orchestra playing live wow. orchestra. Wow. This was a big deal. Wow. And so our show was a feeble presentation trying to, to <laughs> recreate those kinds of feelings. So we weren't trying to be greater than Houdini, faster than Houdini, better than Houdini. We were just trying like hell to be as good as Houdini. And we were trying to honor Houdini. Sensations. Right. So, you were trying to honor Houdini? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so because, I mean, that, that's, really, that's really what it's all about, right, promoting yourself. I mean, however good you are at marketing is how good your career is going to be. To a great extent, yeah. I feel yeah. yeah, absolutely. And uh, Houdini was the best ever, flat out best ever at marketing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He sold his product better than anybody before or since. Mm-hmm. And now, did he have a good product? Yeah, apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I do some of his escapes, uh, I'm a lot older now, and uh, I'm not as flexible as I used to be, but... They're wiser. They're damn difficult. Mm. And they're physically difficult to perform. Right. Mm -hmm. But he was uh, a gymnast. He was, to his death, he was very flexible, had awesome uh, muscular development, Mm -hmm. very strong, and worked very hard at keeping all of these skills together. And he employed all of them in the escapes. Now, I never did the water escapes because uh, I I frankly could not do them adequately to... uh, uh, to the show. So my partner, Mark Tripp, did the uh, water escapes, but mm-hmm. um, I did the others, and a lot of them were physically challenging. Mm-hmm. He was up to it. I had to work like hell mm-hmm. to get there, okay. but uh, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it very much, and the show was, it was an interesting show because today you don't see many escapes, and if you talk to magicians, they'll say, mm-hmm. oh, you can't sell escapes. They're mm-hmm. boring. To which our retort was always, yeah, I'm sure the way you do them, they are. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) We had a difficult time selling the first show, and essentially every show we did, we rebooked. Wow. So the concept is not popular in today's genre, but when they see the show, it's like, oh, my God, I've never seen anything like that. So it was a great show. I enjoyed it very much. It was a lot of fun. And it was through doing the escapes, actually, that I kind of trailed over into the seance thing. Mm-hmm. Because the the, uh, the stories with Harry Houdini, of course, you get into the uh, the seance routines. Yeah, the Halloween seances. And the, right. and then, of yeah. course, well, I mean, for, I mean, Harry, I mean, it all, it, correct me if I'm wrong in this, but it goes back to Harry Houdini very much loved his mother when uh she died. Uh, his good friend Arthur Conan Doyle introduced him to the spiritualist church. And fairly close. Let's let's flesh that out just a little bit. Ooh, okay. Uh, he was in Europe at the time. I, I was so proud of myself too. I believe he's in Copenhagen. That was damn good, actually. Uh, I believe he's in Copenhagen. And uh, most performers don't eat before performing. He didn't eat, and he was back at the hotel taking a nap. And uh, as as he was preparing to go to the theater, Bess was already at the theater taking care of things, mm-hmm. he had a vision. His mother spoke to him. Oh. He went in, did the show that night. After the show, while having supper, he told Bess about this vision. And uh, next morning they got a, a wire saying that Mama died last night. 
So he was he was an awesome mama's boy to start with. Mm-hmm. Now you lay that on top of it. Right. And he felt terrible that he had not been with mama mm-hmm. when she died. Mm-hmm. So he was guilty, guilty, guilty. <laughs> and so, yes, when when people started saying, maybe you can contact her, yeah. It wasn't just he wanted to talk to mother. He he had a moral obligation to right. make this happen. He needed that, yeah. And Arthur Conan Doyle had a son who was killed in 1914 in the First World War and had a similar strong urging to contact work on the other side. So Arthur Conan Doyle did, in fact, introduce Houdini to most of the concepts, and he served as the scout. He went out and found mediums to direct Harry to them. Here's a, here's a good one over here. Mm-hmm. And so uh, then they later had a falling out, and as is so often. Harry was not uh, a person. Well, wasn't, wasn't it that partly because he began to recognize that a lot of the tricks, I mean, a lot of the, the mediumship or the seances that these mediums were running were, were actually nothing more than uh, power tricks. Indeed. And, and Harry, being a moderately skilled magician, could see that. Arthur Conan Doyle could not. Ah. Uh. And, and so... Arthur Conan Doyle said, hey, 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 here's a good one, here's a good one. Come, come uh-huh. to this guy. And then Houdini said, he's a hack. So uh-huh. these sorts of things didn't, didn't lead to a lot of good bonding. Right. Um, let me go jump ahead a little bit because I, I'm so fed up with the media in general today, I, I hardly listen to anything. But uh, you will be told that Houdini uh, went around exposing fraudulent spiritualists. Yep, that's what we actually heard, yeah. Ah, I disagree completely. Really? He exposed fraudulent mediums. Mm-hmm. Ah. Don't condemn the spiritualists for being fraudulent. It's right. the mediums that were fraudulent. Mm-hmm. And um, so the other thing is that you would be told that Houdini uh, basically didn't believe in any of this stuff. Two months before he died, he gave a lecture in Utica, New York, in which he said, he, he thought it might. He still thought it might be possible to reach across the veil, but thus mm-hmm. far he had not succeeded. Right. So he was not anti-spiritualist. Anti. I mean, he wanted to. Oh yeah, he really wanted to believe in it, but he just couldn't find any exactly. real ones. But he went to his death thinking it might be possible. Right. And, and, is, and that's that's why he devised is that why he devised that whole system with his uh, wife and the cold Roosevelt war. And all that. Yes. Yeah. Yep. He set up. He said, if it's possible, if it's possible for anyone to come back across the veil, it will be me. Right. And, and so even at that point, he was still an agnostic. He was not saying it's a lot of crap. It, the a lot of the people would have you believe that. Yeah, you know, he thought it was a lot of crap. And he went around exposing all these phonies. Well, that's a twist on the truth. Mm-hmm. He wanted to believe, and there were phonies out there making good money off this. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are phonies out running around today making good money off of uh, other things. That's, that's that. nothing new. Mm-hmm. That's nothing new. And mm-hmm. uh, so his his love for his mother was the driving force. As he found the the fraudulent ones, I think that initially it was his his disgust on a personal level that motivated him. And then he realized he's got a moneymaker here because he put that into his show. Right. 
and then as part of the show, one-third of your show would be uh, exposing the local fraudulent medium. Oh, wow. So you do one-third magic, one-third escapes, and one-third expose some mediums. Mm-hmm. And, and that was the big show. Right. And it was very commercial, and it worked very well. Right. So it became a commercially viable product, and he developed it and promoted it and did what Houdini does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> More marketing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. It comes down to marketing. And, uh, and he, was, he was very skillful at it. But... Um, when he died, they did uh, the ten, uh, 10 years, they, they did uh, the seances. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have a recording around here somewhere. I was going to try to find it for today, and I, I didn't. Uh, at the 10th one, uh, Bess made an announcement and said that good night, Harry, and it was over. Mm-hmm. Now, okay. of course, everybody else is still having official Houdini seances since then. <laughs> yes, we are, too. <laughs> right. But, hey, you know, I, I know even in our book goes today that we we commented on that. Supposedly the the one that they did on the top of the Roosevelt Hotel. That was the tenth one, 1936. Yeah, yeah. Do you know much about that incident? Not a lot. I know there was the lightning lightning flash, and and I know yeah. that nobody came. There was a lightning flash, and Beth said nobody came. It's all over. Good night, Harry. Turn out the light. She'd kept a candle burning for 10 years in their bedroom window so his spirit could find his way back. And, oh, and she so put sweet. out the light and said, good night, Harry. Uh-huh. Uh, and then others tried to, oh, well, it was the lightning. It was this. It was that because this is such a rare event. Right. Um, basically, nothing happened there. Mm-hmm. And then they're trying to, to pump it up with, well, we haven't had a lightning flash like that for 27 years or something. You know, right. They tried to make it sound good, but uh, right. it, it's um, it's a difficult gig to do. And if you if you do it as they apparently did, and nothing happens, it's 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 difficult. It's, mm-hmm. it's what are you going to do? Um, I. I got involved, I was interested in that, and as a magician, I started doing some seances, and uh, I was a fraudulent uh, medium, and I was shocked to find that were, there were people in my audience having experiences on their own. Wow. That's, that's an interesting thing. I mean, they were having their own seances. Yeah, you and I actually huh. talked, talked uh, yeah. about this uh, together. Uh, about, you know, sometimes when you do magic, uh, the supernatural comes through. Yeah. And uh, I know definitely I have multiple people seeing Whoops. You know what? I did gonna, not create. We're going to actually have to hold that thought uh, because uh, that's the music for the break. You're listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ian and Ron right here on TojiNet and Pararex and Ghost Channel Beyond. We're right back with the following messages. Welcome to TojiNet, radio with a cutting edge. Everything you heard about witches is true. Halloween is the time of year when the shades of the dead whisper from forgotten. 
forgotten places, and spirits walk among us. The witches of Salem, Massachusetts, honor this time with festival of the dead, an annual event series that explores death's macabre customs, heretical histories, and strange rituals. Founded by Salem witches, Sean Poirier, and Christian Day, and hosted by the foremost authorities on the spirit world, Festival of the Dead beckons guests who step through the veil into a mysterious realm where spirits await you. To learn more or to purchase tickets, visit festivalofthedead.com or call 978-740-9783. Happy Halloween! <laughs> the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future then circles of wisdom is just the place for you circles of wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more located on route 28 in downtown andover massachusetts we carry a large selection of books and music crystals and gemstones jewelry and gifts sage aromatherapy and so much more all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place an oasis in this hectic world. And welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron and Anne and our special guest this evening, Rich Lavengood. Perfect. There you go. I said it oh, right. Love and good is what I like to call <laughs> myself. <laughs> good I may change it. I like that love and good. <laughs> love and good. Rich love and good. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, I can't even go there. <laughs> yeah, rain it back in there, Ron. Yep, okay. yep, yep. Settle down, okay. Van Helsing. You're listening to Ghost Chronicles right here on Tojanet Parax Ghost Channel and beyond. And actually, Anne has a question for you, Rich. Yes, we have a couple of questions sure. from the chat okay. room. And uh, Nate would like to know, do you believe that Houdini was murdered? And if so, who do you believe did it? Ooh. Wow, that's more than a whole program. <laughs> uh, there have been books written on that. My friend Norman Bigelow here in Massachusetts has written several tomes on that. Um, it is possible. I've not ruled it out. Um, the, uh, there are many, many things around Houdini's death that don't seem to fit together, and it seems very odd. But if we go back to the Kennedy assassination, we got a lot of things there that don't fit together that seem very odd. Right. Uh, I, I think that in the course of normal life, we don't get enough thorough documentation to permit us to come back years later and investigate minutely and find everything fits together. Mm -hmm. uh, he was in a time before antibiotics. Uh, if indeed his appendix ruptured, he was going to die regardless. Uh, there are medical doctors who say that a punch to the stomach of the sort that he received would not cause an appendix to burst mm -hmm. unless he was already sick and it was going to burst anyway. Right. So, so there's people who argue very strongly that Mr. Whitehead did not kill Houdini. Um, the, there were a lot of things going on. 
Uh, of course, the spiritualists at the beginning of the season, the spiritualists, I'm sorry, there I go. The mediums at the beginning of the season had said that uh, Houdini would not live out the year. Marjorie in Boston said Houdini would not live out the year. So, aha, uh-huh. now we already, clearly there's a, a plot going on here, you know. Um, I mean, I that's what I heard. I heard that the spiritualists were uh, all into this. Really, that the was, medium, was that a prediction dear, or the medium. <laughs> no, no, no. Listen, I heard the spiritualists. You, 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 spiritualist. you say uh, mediums, I say tomatoes. So you I know spent a lot saying. of time hanging out at Lilydale. In, I know. We're going to try to get to that a little bit in the show if we These can. These are but. really nice people. Well, now, whatever. Now, the mediums were out killing people and frauding people. Bl- they're Back not then, nice they people. were all murdering bloodsuckers. I mean, we don't yes. know. Yes, <laughs> <least> some <laughs> of them were. <laughs> Apparently so. Yeah, so I think it's possible. I think at this point we'll never know. There was a fraudulent story put out a few years ago that there was a request to exhume Houdini's body. It turned out that was uh, that was not. The request was never made. It was a publicity stunt. But uh, I think we'll never know. Um, th- there were people who were pleased to see him die. Wow. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are reports of a medicine that he was being given that has not shown up on any of the medical records. He died in, in a hospital in Detroit, Michigan. Mm-hmm. And there was a nurse who was in attendance who was apparently not on the the list of employees. Ooh. Oh. There was a medicine that he was being given that's not on the not documented on the list of meds. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of which is irrelevant if, in fact, he had a, a ruptured appendix, he's going to die anyway. So, you right. know, it, it, I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a good mystery story. And, wow. and it, uh, it, uh, it's still being debated today. Mm-hmm. In fact, if, you, if you, you go on, 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 on the Democratic website, they say Romney did it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Romney killed Houdini. Well, we know uh, he killed that other guy's wife, so, you know, yeah. it sounds like he would have done it. John yeah, says, anyway. what, what if Houdini faked his own death? Uh, actually, there has been uh, some early uh, stories along that line. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know of no reason why he would. Uh, if he would have, I think he would have done it in a more spectacular way than lying in a hospital bed. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there That's you go. So, he was the ultimate showman. He would have fallen a thousand feet to his death or and had mush on the ground that couldn't be identified. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean R- Rich, I mean, Houdini was awesome and everything else, but how did you get involved in, in doing the escape thing? Oh, I have a dear friend who was uh, a performer in Detroit, a student of Burling Hall. If anybody's into magic, they know the name Burling Hall. And Don Viano created a show called Houdini Lives Again. Burling Hall helped him put it together. And this was the show that was everything that I just described it to be earlier. Uh, Don was hurt in an auto accident, could no longer do the the, uh, stunts. And uh, he asked my friend Mark Tripp and I to buy the show, and he taught us how to perform it. Oh, wow. So I inherited it from Don. Don died last year. And uh, I still think of it very much as it was his show. I was doing Don's show. And it was a tribute to Houdini and a tribute to Don Viano. I mean, I mean, some of those 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 uh, escapes are, are fairly dangerous. I mean, yeah, that's why I quit. Uh, <laughs> but, but I mean, to go back, it, I was it's such a jump to go into, you know, so like, okay, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I'm going to do escape. It's like, ooh. I don't well, I, I remember when I was, I think, eight or nine or ten years old. I was in the movie theater and I saw a Houdini bit. 
and he was uh-huh. handcuffed, and the cuffs were hung up on a hook on the wall, which makes no sense at all. Uh, and yeah. the keys were on the wall, on the opposite wall, and there was a door there that was locked that had the key in there. He came mm-hmm. out with his toes and unlocked the door, opened the door, walked up the edge of the door, picked the keys off the ring, came over and unlocked his cuffs. Mm-hmm. That was Saturday morning, Kitty show, 10 o'clock in the morning. By 3 mm-hmm. o'clock that afternoon, I was out in my, my garage holding on to the thing and running my walking up the door and trying to get my... My toes to unlock themselves. <laughs> so I always had a fascination with this stuff. I was already a locksmith. I knew how locks worked and all of that stuff. And so when Don started training us on this stuff, I mean, we had to do a lot of yoga and a lot of, of uh, flexibility training and, and that sort of stuff and endurance training. But, yeah, it, it's physically difficult. And are they, are they difficult? Uh, most of what Houdini did was challenging but not dangerous, but he always threw a danger stunt in, and the right. Chinese water t- cell is the most famous. I mean, actually, right. Tony Curtis didn't die in the Chinese water torture cell, but mm-hmm. uh, many people believe that's where Harry died. Uh, he did the buried alive things that were, were damn dangerous. Uh, he did other stunts. Now, the stunt that caused me to retire uh, is one that Harry never performed, and that's a guillotine. We, we have a oh. real guillotine. Uh, uh. And the concept is have your hands cuffed behind your back, place your head in the guillotine, lock the padlocks on the headstock, set the rope on fire. Oh. And now you come out before the, the uh, rope burns in two. You then invite the audience to come on stage, examine the guillotine. If you find anything trick-faked or gimmicked, anything that will prevent the blade from cutting, we offer a $10,000 reward because it's a real guillotine. Oh, Jesus. My oh. last performance of that effect, I was out two seconds before the rope burned. Oh. That was one of the slowest escapes I had ever done. Oh, my God. And I analyzed it and said, I'm older than I've ever been before. <laughs> it's a great time to retire. <laughs> and I've never said, oh, I'll just do it one more time. No. I'm very happy. I loved it. It was awesome. And, wow. and I'm retired. That's oh. crazy. <laughs> that is Wow. You know, I was just thinking when you mentioned the, the prerequisites of yoga and, and working out. I mean, the end does that. So oh. <laughs> maybe maybe you could let me borrow some of your handcuffs and there you uh, go. Okay. And, um, you know, next time, I next trip with Ann, maybe I can try these out on her. And, uh, we have yeah, one right. set that's See what fur happens. lined. They're fur covered. They're very <laughs> nice. <laughs> is it pink? <laughs> it is, in fact. Yes. It's nice, soft pink. No, Ron. No. No, 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 I'm no. just trying to give you fame and, and fortune, yeah, oh, you know. Oh, thanks, thanks, <laughs> right. I think we should dunk you in the tank and see if you can hold your breath for three minutes. Uh, that that works. That was great. <laughs> I never yeah. got over two, and therefore I never performed it. Uh, <laughs> and, and this has absolutely nothing to do with anything, but uh, there's a show on the Animal Planet called Tanked, and they made a Houdini uh, water torture aquarium, which I thought was the coolest thing in the world. And it had uh, basically Harry Houdini inside the water torture tank with fish swimming around. It was kind of a neat thing. <laughs> it was really a neat aquarium. <laughs> uh, I have a friend out in Indianapolis who's uh, still doing the, the, the sort of escape and, and doing a good show of it. She's she's. She's a good performer, but uh, I, I have no desire to do it anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. And I just, I was putting my partner in and bailing him out, and mm-hmm. it got to be very tense for me. Mm-hmm. He's inside the tank. Right. I'm responsible for him if he has trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I had as much tension in me yeah. as he did in him. <laughs> well, 
I, I mean, I could do card. that. I could put Ian in a tank, and I would be responsible for. Thanks. <laughs> I have no problem with that. Oh, look at look at she's wiggling a little bit there. Mm. It's still a little movement. It's a bubble that's, came out. It's, it's still, on the it's uh, okay. on the water cell after the water cell or yeah. our water cell, uh, we invited the entire audience to come on stage and examine the water cell. If you find anything trick, faked, or gimmicked, anything any way of obtaining air in the upside down position, we offer a twenty five thousand dollar reward. Mm. Wow! And the bit was that you know this isn't some magician stunt or something. These escapes are real stuff. Mm-hmm. And so it set our show apart from the typical magic show, if you will. I'll probably piss off a lot of magicians now, but <laughs> you don't normally get invited on stage to examine the, the boxes and trinkets and toys that the magician right. uses. Right, absolutely. And and so in order to break out of that mold and say, no, we're something else, we had to be people on stage examining our stuff. Mm-hmm. And, oh, that's uh, cool. That's what, again, it was just, it was a labor of love, loved it very much, and it was a a passionate thing to do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I do want to mention one thing is, is uh, 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 I want to thank Rich uh, very much for, uh, he invited me to the magician's workshop that they had a, a while back. And, and that's where I met Rich and, and nice. Vlad and so forth. And I, I thought it was amazing because this particular group of magicians, uh, what type of magic do you do, Rich? Oh, I'll say bizarre for the moment. <laughs> to help the conversation go on, <laughs> we're an odd lot. <laughs> but is is that what you call the magic bizarre magic? Is is basically we're we're kind of an offshoot of bizarre magic. We're into sideshow magic. We're into bizarre magic. We're into spooky magic. The particular group over there that night was uh, particularly interested in seances, mm-hmm. uh, and all of us are are doing something around seances. Right. Uh, various and sundry things. None of us are doing the same act, and none of us have the same interests, but it's sort of that group, particularly we call ourselves the seance group. Um, oh, wow. That's so cool. All of us happen to be, no, all but one of us there happen to be also into bizarre magic, which is uh, a form of magic that's very much into storytelling and and um, artful presentation. Mm-hmm. So now, As opposed you, to, yeah, excuse me, That's all right. I, I just wanted to ask now, you perform, you're performing, so you're performing seances, or are some you doing do. a some bona fide seance? Okay, some of us do seances. Well, uh, he's, and, doing and, a, he's doing a real spiritualist seance. Uh, okay, let's go back to how I, when I was, not, <laughs> I, when I was a fraudulent medium. <laughs> I was a fraudulent medium in uh, a haunted hotel in Michigan. Mm-hmm. And I did four nights in a row in, uh, uh, it was basically a, a comedy club sort of venue. Uh, had 70 to 80 people a night in there. Uh-huh. And... On one particular night, now at that time, I'm, I'm a magician playing fraudulent medium. Mm-hmm. I had never heard of energy orbs. And that night, I had three different people on different tables tell me about the energy orbs. <sighs> now, I had not done anything to produce energy orbs. Never, I didn't know what an energy orb was. When I started investigating them, which, by the way, as a background, uh, I've got degrees in physics and mathematics and, and electrical engineering. Environmental science. And environmental science. There you go again, Ron. And wow. uh, I started investigating energy orbs, and what I found very quickly is, oh, these are uh, 
manifestations that occur in digital cameras because of blah, 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 blah. These were eyewitnesses telling me there were energy orbs there. There were no digital cameras involved. I'm like, what the hell is this? Mm-hmm. So that's part of the reason I went to Lilydale the first time. But oh, uh, the, go back to Holly, Michigan. Um, our last night there, the owner of the hotel came down and brought us pictures. There had been ghost hunters there the week before we arrived. They had taken pictures, and they had pictures of energy orbs. Mm-hmm. That was the first energy orbs I'd ever seen. Mm-hmm. But, oh, that's what those people were telling me about on Wednesday. Ah. I didn't do it. Those people weren't there the previous week. Mm-hmm. So in my investigation of energy orbs, I found that a lady out at Lilydale had written a book on energy orbs, a small book. And so I sought her out trying to get a better understanding, and I didn't gain much more scientific understanding, but I did discover Lilydale. Uh-huh. And now I go back to Lilydale every year for a day or two or three just to feel the environment, <laughs> soak it up. It's, it's just a wonderful place. Sit um, on the thinking stump. The <laughs> inspiration stump. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> no, it's, it's, um, it's funny because now Lilydale is near Pomfret, or it's in Pomfret. Is that okay. what I read? Uh, I don't know. Could be. Oh, okay. Um, it's 30 miles this side of Erie, Pennsylvania. That's all I know. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Drive to you yeah. almost in Erie, and you're there. It's just six miles off the road or something. It's, yeah, it says it's the town of Pomfret. Okay, that could oh. be. Yeah. Uh, uh, neither of them uh, are readily apparent as you're driving down the highway. It's like, it's, mm-hmm. it's nowhere in the middle of no place. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Until so you come you to the gate where they want the gate fee of $10 a day to come in through the gate. Ah, oh, now I'm here. Yep. <laughs> Activities fee. Activities fee, I'm cool. sorry. <laughs> oh, I'd love to go there. I'd love to go there. Road trip. Oh, road trip. Road trip. <laughs> there you go. I, it, 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 it's a fun place to go. It's a fun place to go and just experience. If you want to go there and debunk them or make fun of people or what don't don't waste you know, don't go. Waste your time. Right. Exactly. Go somewhere exactly. else. Uh, if you want to go and just feel. Mm-hmm. It's uh, a woman dominated society. Has been oh, ever. Yeah, just what I need. There you go, Ryan. <laughs> That's why I don't stay too long. But just what I need. So one of the first towns to ever have uh, electricity. They had electricity from four in the afternoon till eight o'clock at night. The women ran a, a uh wood-powered steam engine to generate electricity for the, the community. And uh, it, it's just, it's wonderful. And their beliefs are, uh, they're on. They've never tried to convert me. They just tell me when I'm there, I can't do seances, I can't do this, I can't do that. You know, I'm there as a guest. Uh, some of their mediums suck. <laughs> uh, Why don't you tell me what you really feel? <laughs> some of them are awesome. There you go. And again, having played the game, I, I'm a pretty severe. I, I know how to play the game, and I've stood there and watched some of them and said, "Damn, she's good." Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, wait till, the tw- wait till the 27th, and then you will be simply <laughs> amazed. There you go. Uh, Brian uh, from Collinwood said it is just outside Casadega. Um, correct. The correct. Uh, correct neighborhood. Yes. Brian and Jerry used to live close to there. Ah, okay. That whole area is known as the burned-over district because it was such a hotbed of uh, uh, political and intellectual activity. I mean, we have uh, not only the spiritualists, we have uh, that's the area that uh, spawned the Mormon Church. Joseph Smith was 
mm-hmm. from around there. Ah. You have the, all the emancipation stuff going on because New York banned slavery in 1826. So you had runaway slaves coming to that area to live there and run newspapers. Yep. And, and so it was just a hotbed of, of activity. And mm-hmm. so the spiritualism was just one of the things occurring in this, this malaise, malay. Right? So it's, uh, it's a very interesting place. And the, the Davenport brothers came out of that same area and uh, picked up, traveled all over the world. And actually, uh, it is widely believed that uh, one of the Davenport brothers died, the other one uh, lived on, they died in Australia, and the other one lived on, came back here and met with Houdini. And it's widely believed that he taught Houdini some of the escape routines that uh, oh, wow. our brothers had used. Uh-huh. They have pictures of Houdini. There are pictures of Houdini and and the surviving Davenport uh, together, and that may have been part of the inspiration for for cranking up the Escape Act. Hmm. The Davenport brothers did their their escape act, if you will. They they were all tied up, put into a cabinet, and then the spirits would come in and play violins and do this, that, and the other, and then you'd open the doors, and they're still all tied up. Oh. And, uh, they were still all tied up. <laughs> I'm being a little facetious. They, they, they were accused of, of being fraudulent at times. They played all over the world. They were never exposed. There you go. So, you never kept me being exposed either. <laughs> I don't know, Ron. Yeah, uh, so, yeah that's true, too. Yeah. I heard stories. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, I, I do want to mention that, that Rich is going to be part of this uh, event that we are doing on the 27th up at VZ in uh, Groveland. And um, Vlad, also, who is another magician, he's a gothic magician, will be part of this as well. And it, it, it's really a, a unique event. It's going to be a, a combination of magic and the paranormal. And uh, it it's just going to get you just thinking so much of you, what is real and what isn't real. It's it's going to. I'm just I'm just dying to uh, uh, you know get this thing going because it's going to be absolutely awesome. And uh, right now it looks like the theme of this thing, and and, and of course it may change. <laughs> what happen What happens is that uh, we will attempt to uh, find the identity of Jack the Ripper. Uh, we will go back into Victorian times and, and attempt to find out who this gentleman was, or woman. And uh, in, the, in the night in, ends up uh, with a uh, Harry Houdini Halloween seance. And the goal of that will be to attempt to contact Harry Houdini to see if he can help us identify who this person was. So I think it's got some huge potential and I've never heard anybody else say Jack the Ripper man or woman it was interesting you said that what's the basis of that is that just political correctness or well you you will just have to come and find out because what I know is that the body they found in the basement Mm -hmm. of the uh, uh, the other the doctor uh, Ripken that uh, DNA has shown that that was not his wife that was under there. He was chased across. The, they captured him over here in Canada. But mm-hmm. uh, some people thought he might be involved in that, too. But, uh, yeah, Jack Rucker is, is a fascinating case. And, and there are two or three reasonably possible candidates. And sorting mm-hmm. them out would be interesting. Candidates is a good uh, term. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And and uh, you know I'm really excited and, I, and and I'm so glad that you agreed to be part of this too because I I think it's just going to be totally awesome and uh, you know I've already had other uh, venues uh, actually contact me in regards to doing this elsewhere as well I mean it's I'm, I'm I can't I can't say enough but I'm just totally excited so let's the, move on. one of the one of the one of the effects that I plan to present is uh, back in the theme of paying tribute to Houdini. Um, Houdini did a straitjacket. He was the first person to do a straitjacket escape, and he did mm -hmm. a straitjacket escape that was extremely difficult. And uh, when I see magicians doing straitjacket escapes, it pisses me off. So oh, yeah? we had a whole routine to show what a real straitjacket escape was like, and again, paying tribute to Houdini and, and what he did. Mm -hmm. And that's what I plan to do. Oh, I'm ecstatic about that. So, uh, yeah, it's it, it's going to be really unique, and like I said, it's, uh, it, I, I just can't say enough about it. So, that is on the 27th at uh, VZ in Groveland, Massachusetts. Uh, and if you go to our website, which is anyghostproject.com, our tickets are available, uh, and it includes uh, pizza and a light fare as well. So, whatever that is, I have no clue. But. <laughs> Light fair? Yeah, so it goes. Uh, my to, friend Todd Robbins eats light bulbs. And I don't know if that's light fair or. Well, it might be. I don't know. Maybe it. Will, yeah, maybe it lights up. I don't know. I don't. Know. I hang out with some strange people. <laughs> so I mean, you had a great group that when I was there, and we they showed various things that they were working on, which was kind of interesting. But the uh, Steve, I believe, was it from New York, and actually does a. Well, same yep. thing. Yeah, yeah, you know the rich side. Not of Massachusetts. Yeah, that's right. You know everything else. You know Massachusetts <laughs> and the rest of the world. Yep. Um, <laughs> but I mean, he does a red light séance as well, yep. right? Yep, absolutely. Now, have you seen his uh, red light séance? Yes. And do you think it's true to like the seances of the the, the 30s? The there were many 20s. genres of seances back in that day, uh, yep. and that was one of them. And mm -hmm. uh, there uh, there were people performing that. There were quote real mediums unquote performing that professionally. Uh, one of them uh, took it upon himself to train uh, a magician that I know. And he trained him in exactly how this red light seance was done. And he has spread the knowledge around, kind of secretly, but to others in, in the craft. And so we believe it traces back. Now, when you get the, the third student in the line, I can't vouch for exactly how much validity we have anymore. Mm -hmm. But uh, to the best of our knowledge, yeah, this is the way it was done. And now... Mm -hmm. the, but some of them put other hokier things into it, which we wouldn't do today. There's a lot of the manifestation stuff back then. We don't believe today's audience would buy. No. Right. And actually, you know what? That was the pizza. It's the doorbell. The pizza is here, so we actually have to wrap it up. But I, I do want to mention one thing. Pizza um, from the dead. Yep. Pizza from the dead, right. Uh, there, there was a, actually a... a, a uh, a doctor by the name of Thomas Glending Hamilton, who did a lot of research on seances back in the 1930s. And I get to mm -hmm. look at a lot of his original photographs uh, through one of his descendants. And I was like, you know, and this is a doctor who put his name in the line, and he had a special room made up a bank of cameras. But when you look at the seance pictures that he took, they were 
like gauze and cutouts. And yes, right. exactly. Yeah. And, and apparently that was actually done, and, and we don't have the, the courage to do that today. <laughs> so so we, we believe our audience is too smart to buy it. Right. <laughs> but much of the red light seance is as was presented, and I think it's a nice effect. And, again, going back to my experience of doing a fake seance and having real people have, people have real experiences, I think the red light seance sets a beautiful ambiance so that if somebody wants to have their own seance and their own mind, that's a good setting for it. I think oh, absolutely. I encouraging right. it. So. Right. A good friend of mine, Jack Hunter from the UK, he's a uh, para-anthropologist, and he's actually been uh, working with this group of uh, uh, mediums who do red light seances in in the UK. And uh, interesting, but we've run out of time. So, yeah, we'll have to have you back, and I really look forward to working with you on the 27th. And uh, it's time to wrap it up. Any any closing thoughts there, Mr. Rich? Am I going to meet Anne? No, I I won't be there on the 27th. I'm sorry. Bummer. (laughs) We'll have to shoot for another day. There you go. I look forward to it. Uh, Ron, thank you so much. It's been fun. Oh, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Okay. Well, time to wrap it up. Uh, Interesting uh, show. It was awesome. Uh, It's very interesting. Yeah. So I'll get some of those handcuffs and straight jackets, and (laughs) next trip we'll be all set. Yeah. All right. Yep. See what I can do. (laughs) So have a good night, Anne. All right, everybody have a good night. Thanks for listening. Bye now. From goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord. This is Tokyo.